Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and in today's episode, we discuss the importance of community for your relationship. It takes a village to raise a marriage. I heard a friend of mine, Margaret, say recently on her podcast that it takes a village to raise a woman. And I thought that nothing could be more true. As I started to think about this phrase, I realized that this statement was true for so many facets of life, including marriage. I thought and considered about the village that surrounded my marriage over the course of these 10 years. And honestly, it hasn't always been good. But when it was, it was the best thing that ever happened to our marriage. In different stages in our relationship, we have had to make shifts in our friendships. We had friends that had to go. We had friends that we had to pull closer. And we also had times when we fought the marriage battles in solitude. Each one of those experiences taught me something about the importance of who you allow around your marriage and the effects they have on you and your relationship. In this episode, I want to talk about the village, the community, friends, and the people who surround us. I specifically want to discuss how you and your partner can get on the same page about friends, the different type of friendships, how to spot the positive, negative, and toxic people around you, and the key to having community and protecting your relationship. If you have been enjoying the content, please follow us on Instagram at Black Marriage Therapy. Rate us on your podcast platform and share your favorite episode with a friend. I want to take some time to mention our Facebook group. As we begin to move on in season two, I want to hear from you guys. I want to know how your marriage is doing and hear more about maybe some things that you want to hear more about. Maybe it's communication or something like that. And also, I would like to provide a space where a safe place where we can encourage each other, support each other, and also for you guys to be that exclusive group that if I have like a guest or if I have something special that I want to share, um, I want to make the Facebook group the place for us to connect as community, as people who are um, looking for tools and support to make our relationships better. So in the show notes below will be a direct link to the Facebook group. And I would greatly appreciate if you would join and just introduce yourself um, so that we can create this community. The title of this episode was inspired by my friend Margaret and her podcast, The Everyday Woman Speaks. She currently has a series right now that's called It Takes a Village to Raise a Woman, as I mentioned before. And this series has blessed my soul. Um, So please go over to her podcast, check out her series, It Takes a Village to Raise a Woman, um, because it really is amazing. So let's get started on this conversation on community. In this episode, I'm going to be using like community and friendship interchangeably, but 
I think specifically what I'm talking about community, I'm talking about non-family members because family is a whole different ball game. Okay. The in-laws thing, I actually have an episode on (laughs) in-laws, but the in-laws thing is a whole different ball game. So specifically the community that I will be um, referencing to is mainly non-family. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. And here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcasts to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. That free part is one reason that I love it, but I also like the interface, the analytics, and that it's super easy to work with. I highly recommend you guys give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Community. When you get married, people feel like you have to lose all your friends, right? You may be one type of person who's like, oh yeah, they can go. Is is me and my boo? That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> or you may be another type of person who's like, no, I don't feel like I have to give up my friends. And maybe you're more resistant to how relationships change after you get married and that may make you want to hold on to negative relationships a little bit more than you have to because you want to you want to stay true to your bros or true to your sis like I'm not gonna let this relationship change my friendships guys it is completely unrealistic. A committed relationship such as a marriage will change the relationships around you. It's okay but it doesn't have to be in a way that you abandon friends and you know you don't have any more friends and your spouse is your only friend. It doesn't have to be that way. So although marriage change relationships, it doesn't mean you have to lose all your relationships. But what you do have to do is set boundaries with all your friends, even the best of friends, in order to make your relationship the priority and protect what you are building. But more on boundaries towards the end of the episode. Let's start with the definition of community because y'all know I love definitions. So Merriam-Webster, their definition of community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Um, And they had many different definitions, but I thought this one fit the most with what we would be discussing. Now, also Urban Dictionary, because I love Urban Dictionary, okay? I'm a little bit ratchet and Urban Dictionary makes me giggle. (laughs) But I ain't gonna lie, Urban Dictionary did a great job with this definition as well. And they define community as an interacting population of like-minded individuals affecting the identity of the given members and also their cohesiveness. So I was like, okay, Urban Dictionary, that's pretty good. Okay. The other definitions, of course, are talking about the show community, which is really funny. But why is community so important? It's something that we may hear about in passing, like make sure you have community, make sure you have support, make sure you have good friends and stuff like that. But why is it so important? Happiness.com gave such a great explanation 
they said that finding others with the same values, interests, and worldviews makes us realize that we're not alone and makes us feel valued. Indeed, belonging highlights why community is necessary. Being accepted into a group gives us a stronger sense of self and can help us cope with negative experiences and feelings. Putting that specific definition in the context of marriage, it is super important to have people around you that share in the same value and interest that you have. So in regards to marriage, it's like if your goal in your marriage is to have a healthy, long-lasting relationship, then you want people around you who also believe that. If they don't believe or are not interested in your marriage and your relationship being that How can they support the decisions and the rough times and the good times? How can they do that for you, right? And then also, if you have like married friends, other couple friends, being accepted in that group gives you a stronger sense of self and it helps you to cope with the negative times. When you have another couple friend and they were like, man, we just went through this financial hardship and blah, 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 blah. You can say, oh, shoot, we went through some financial hardships too. And it gives you a way to connect to people where it's just like, you're not alone. You're supported and everything that's happening to you, it's not in a silo. Here's the thing that I don't know if people realize, and I had to learn for myself, is that your first community is you and your spouse. Now, this sounds weird, and I'm not trying to be too deep, but I'm going to explain it to you. There were times in our marriage that we were fighting marriage battles by ourselves in the sense that it's not that we didn't have community around us per se, but it was just issues and things that we really had to support one another through. And that helped me to understand that my first community is my husband. He is my first friend. He's the one that is going to encourage me and I'm going to encourage him. He's going to support me and I'm going to support him. That foundation of friendship and community is really going to set the tone for what you guys want to be around your marriage. The people and the other couples you want to support your marriage is how you guys first look at yourself as a community. Once you understand that, then you can kind of move on to like, well, how do we want to expand our village? Who do we want to be around us? What makes this kind of difficult is that when you get married, you kind of already individually have your own community. But now that you guys are a couple, you kind of have to decide together who is around you, which can be difficult because you may have had friends that you had before your spouse even came into the picture, right? And again, I'm not saying that you have to get rid of them, but there may have to be things that change and shift in order to make your relationship a priority and in order to protect your relationship and what you're building. So the way you do that is you guys have to get on the same page first. And how you do that is a conversation. Communicate, period. (laughs) Okay. Most things in relationships come through conversations. You have to ask each other, how do you feel about each other's friends, right? Do they make you feel uncomfortable or do they nurture uh, you as an individual or as a couple? Sitting down, having those maybe sometimes uncomfortable conversation is the first step to getting on the same page of the village that you want around your relationship. Another part of that conversation is setting boundaries because you cannot just 
get rid of all of that person's friends. Maybe you don't like them or whatever like that, but that person may be very important to your spouse. So do you just shun them away and be like, no ultimatums and stuff like that? Maybe not, but setting boundaries is a way that you can have certain friends, but also protect your relationship. And we're going to talk about that more towards the end of the episode. Another thing that's important in this conversation is believing your spouse. And this can be hard because with our friends, we may have blind spots. We are thinking to ourselves, nah, this person been with me. They're my ride or die and blah, 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 all this stuff. And you may see your spouse critiquing them as an attack or as like, oh, why are you coming at my friend? Yada, yada, yada. But you have to be patient because you may have blind spots and just consider how they are feeling about this certain friend and why. So just believe them. Not that you accept or agree with everything that they say, but just believe how they feel about that person. On the other end, whichever partner is talking about this friend, you have to be gentle and understand that your spouse's friends, they may have been here before and you're asking them to shift a relationship or to set boundaries. It's uncomfortable. It's difficult. So you have to move with gentleness. Don't be like, oh, I don't like that girl that you hang out with because she is ghetto and she wasn't raised right. And she was, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making things up. Or maybe like, I don't like that dude. He always getting you into trouble. He's always leading you to- down other things, blah, blah, blah. Just be gentle, express yourself, express your concerns, express why you're uncomfortable about it, but be gentle. Understand that for some reason that maybe you don't understand this person means something to your spouse. Let's have a story. (laughs) Okay, so my husband and I first got together and this was us dating and getting serious. One of his very good friends, who's his best friends now, um, did not like me. He did not like me. And guess what? I didn't like him. (laughs) That's fine. I didn't like him either. It was mutual. But he did not like me. And I felt like, you know, he was kind of whispering in Junior's ear and saying certain things about him. Uh, No, sorry, saying certain things about me that were very negative. Um, And I just didn't like that about him. Another thing is I felt like he, his goal was always to take Junior away from me, like not to turn Junior towards me. So that's when we were dating, we were serious and they stayed friends. It wasn't a problem. Then Junior and I got married and they stayed friends. Now, this particular friend, um, after we got married, he wasn't so happy about it. It The whole wedding thing was, there was some drama with the wedding. And then like, I think he was happy about it, but it just kind of seemed like he was like a friend of me a little bit. Because I don't think he was happy about it. I don't think that maybe he thought I was a bad fit for a junior. I, I don't know. But after we got married and he started to, what he started to do was to treat junior like a single bachelor. And everything that he wanted to do with junior was, you know, all the opposite things that we had discussed before. So if I'm like, hey, babe, can you be home by 11 p.m. or, you know, midnight or whatever? Or can you let me know if you're going to be out late or whatever? For some reason, whenever junior was with this friend, he's like, oh, it's not that important. Oh, no, I was just hanging out. Oh, no. Like and I'm realizing that. This guy is not respecting me as your wife. He is still treating you as a single bachelor and I don't like it. So 
it took a while for my husband to see because I was trying to express myself and tell him like, Hey, like, I don't like this. I don't like how he treats me personally. Cause he wasn't treating me well either. And I don't like how he steers you away in my opinion to more negative behavior. Um, and to a path of like more disrespecting me and our relationship instead of bringing you closer to me. So over time, to be honest, it came to a point where I was just like, I'm going to keep my distance from this friend. I don't want him around our relationship and their relationship because of maturity. Remember we got married younger. So because of maturity, their relationship naturally fizzled out over time after, you know, he matured a little bit more and had more experiences he was able to like reconcile that relationship Jiren was, but the boundaries were set in stone by then. Like you will respect my wife. I will contact her if we're going out, you know, all these type of things. But he had a new opportunity, Junior and this friend had a new opportunity to kind of reestablish their relationship. And now it's been beneficial. He's married now. And, you know, I think he kind of gets it now because <laughs> he's not a bachelor anymore. So Anyways, that relationship, although it had its ups and downs, now it's more beneficial to our relationship to have another married couple um, around us. So that story, that relationship, my husband's friend, really showed me how to spot the friends that maybe they say they're for you, but then their actions speak differently and sometimes even their words. So having that self-awareness and being able to spot like, okay, positive, negative, toxic, which we're going to talk about in our next segment. So there. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam from tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Are so many different type of friends, right? We got married friends. We have um, our spouse's friends. So maybe the guy's friends, the girl's friends. Um, you have single friends. Um, and then you also even have opposite sex friends, which I think is like controversial depending on who you're talking to. Some people think that married people shouldn't have opposite sex friends. Some people think it's completely fine as long as you have boundaries. Listen, to each their own, okay? Do what you have to do to protect your relationship. If you and your spouse are comfortable with opposite sex friends, like and doing lunch and dinner or whatever, hey, so be it. As long as you're not being naive, in my opinion, and not setting boundaries. If it's all loosey goosey, you might be setting yourself up for some, you know, some failure. So yeah, those are, I think those are the typical types of friends. Um, there's probably a lot more, but these are the ones that came to mind. Um, but also there are positive, negative, and toxic friends. So first let's talk about toxic friends. Here's the thing about toxic friends in the context of marriage and relationships. That definition that I gave you earlier on about community, somebody who is aligning with your values and your goals, toxic friends don't align. But let me give you some explicit examples of toxic friendships to kind of help you up your discernment for people who you allow around yourself and around your spouse. 
The first thing, they don't acknowledge your spouse. A toxic friend finds it difficult to come to terms with the fact that you are married. Ooh, listen, this is on girls and guys because the girl, maybe she feel like she losing her best friend. We're not gonna be able to go out. We're not gonna have girls trip, blah, blah, blah. Same thing for the guys. Like, oh, now you locked down. You know, now you got to call her first. We used to be able to run these streets, blah, blah, blah. If the person cannot accept the fact that you're married and now things must shift, Toxic. They don't respect your personal time. Toxic friends do not respect your personal time. They do not care that you need to spend quality time alone with your significant other now that you're married. Number three, they make inappropriate jokes. This is so important because I think that we don't think about how we share about our spouse with our friends and how important it is to set boundaries around this, especially when it comes to sex. There are certain things that you do not, your friends don't need to know about, right? If this is a trusted confidant, somebody you you have already checked the box off as like, this is a good genuine friend. And I know that they're going to give me good, solid advice. And you cleared it with your husband or your, your wife. Okay. Share it. But if you are, especially in a jokey manner or even in a way that like, um, diminishes your spouse, toxic. Okay. Toxic. (laughs) So maybe they make inappropriate jokes with you. Um, or they make inappropriate jokes to your spouse. So, you know, if it's a, a your friend maybe making certain comments to your husband, it's like, ooh, girl, pump the brakes. Or if it's your guy friend making inappropriate comments to your wife, toxic, okay? Another one, they give wrong relationship advice. I don't know how to stress the importance of who has your ears when you are married. The people that you listen to will influence you. I don't care how strong-willed you are. I don't care how independent you are. If you are consistently listening to someone who is giving you wrong relationship advice or just giving you uh, a negative advice, it will affect your relationship. Please do not be naive. So if that is your girlfriend who may be... Um, they haven't had really good solid relationships. They haven't really had good examples of relationships and they're trying to tell you what to do. And you're taking this advice into your relationship. You're not discerning and looking at this and be like, is this solid wise advice? Maybe not. It's super, super important that you watch what you are listening to or who you are listening to and what information you are bringing back into your relationship. They do not respect your boundaries. So specifically, this one says they do, they tag along during family outings or intrude during family time. If this person cannot respect the fact that, oh, this is family time, this is, you know, couples time, and they still want to intrude or try to like, maybe they're not overtly coming into your home and like intruding, but maybe they're constantly like, oh, just, oh, you can meet with him later. Oh, you're always with him. It's fine. You're going to see him later tonight. They don't respect that time. They don't respect your boundary. That is a toxic friend. (laughs) Another thing, they frequently borrow money without paying it back. 
the last one, they wrongly influence you into bad habits. Like I mentioned in my story before, that's what I felt like my friend was doing. And it wasn't all like super negative. Like it's like, oh, like let's drink until we're like black in the face. Like we're blacked out. It wasn't like that, but it was just like, whenever he's with this person, (laughs) I feel like you guys are getting into trouble or you guys are like just being more reckless than you would have been right or you just ignoring me and 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 just pushing me to the side pushing my concerns to the side here's what i would say about toxic friends and it's complex because it's like you don't want to just get rid of all friends so i'm not a proponent for like just throw everyone out if they toxic girl you they gotta go blah 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 in some instances it may be overtly like if they're being inappropriate with your spouse it may be like hey this has to stop but what i would say with toxic friends set the strongest boundaries that you can. If that person is a true friend, they would realize and say, oh shoot, I am toxic to my friend. And this is why I don't have access to her in the way that I did before. So they'll either change or they'll get missing. But set the strongest boundaries that you can with toxic people and keep those boundaries and see what happens from there. Let's move on to negative friends. So negative friends, I feel like is where I have experienced friendships, but I feel like the negative behavior that they portrayed was very subtle. So it was kind of easy to like ignore them. For instance, I had one friend, uh, she wasn't directly affecting my relationship, but she was toxic to my soul. Right. And that's because we had one of those relationships where it was great and then it was bad and then it was great and then it was bad. And what I learned from that friendship is that how that friendship was affecting me affects our relationship, affects my how I am in relationship with my husband. So although maybe you have a friend who is not like, they don't even care about your marriage like that. They're not even trying to like, you know, be all up in your face or whatever, but how they are with you affects how you are with your spouse. And that's why it's important that you have to evaluate almost all your relationships, even the ones that are kind of like friend of means like, right. It's it's very subtle. It's kind of negative, but it's not, you know, terrible. Um, so that was one friend. She really just took me on an emotional roller coaster that had my husband like, girl, you got to get it together. Like every time you have a, a slip up with her, you're distraught, you're emotional, you are wreck and all this stuff. And that is affecting our relationship. Um, another friend that I had, she seemed to be on my side. And she seemed to be rooting for me. There were even some times where I felt like she was trying to be positive in my relationship. But she also, it was very like sometimes subtle, sly comments and like, you know, it wasn't very direct, almost a little bit passive aggressive. I remember one time she made a comment specifically. She said, she's like, oh, Kristen, you ask your husband for a lot. You always asking your husband for stuff, right? 
And I'm like, oh, that seems innocent enough. Like, okay, maybe she's just making a comment, but I feel like a real friend wouldn't just make a comment and leave it out there like that for you. If they notice something or maybe they feel like there's something going on in your relationship, they take you to the side, right? They lovingly express to you like, hey, this is what I'm noticing. You know, am I tripping? You know, whatever, whatever. And I feel like she also kind of like tried to knock me down a peg a few times where it's just like, oh, Kristen, you're so dramatic. Like always like, pushing away my emotions and pushing away how I felt about things. Like I said, so it was really subtle and I I didn't feel like it was a bad thing because for the most part, I felt like she was on my side. But what happened was, and this friend is no longer in my life, when it was time for me to like set boundaries and to communicate with her, when times kind of got rocky and rough and tough where our relationship wasn't the normal standard of what it was, she abandoned me and she didn't really support me. There was a a discrepancy, a situation, you know, I hurt her, she hurt me, all this stuff. And instead of trying to reconcile, instead of trying to like, let's work this out, let's figure it out, because apparently we're friends, it was just like, nah, bye. No, it's over. And I was just like very confused. But again, I say that to say sometimes there are certain negative relationships and thankfully all these relationships have dissipated And it has been the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life because my mind is free and clear and my emotions are not on a roller coaster anymore with friends who are not really for me. It really just helps me to be more emotionally stable for my relationship, to be honest. Like sometimes your friends will take you on roller coasters and you really don't realize how much it is affecting your own relationship. And you're putting your spouse in a position where they have to watch you go through these emotional roller coasters. They have to watch your friends treat you poorly or uh, treat you slyly, you know, like be a friend of me. And they don't have, they're powerless. They can't really help you. You're not really listening. So It's just super important that you watch those frenemy relationships. And then, of course, we have positive friends. Ooh, positive friends are my favorite. (laughs) Listen, don't judge my little singing, okay? Um, So, of course, we have positive friends. So, I didn't really get positive friends until I moved away from my hometown. Junior and I got married really young. So, majority of our friends were single, but for the most part, really supportive and really great. Um, But then we didn't have a lot of married friends because all the married friends we knew were like 35 and up, 37, you know, and we were like 19. (laughs) So, we didn't have a lot of married friends. When we moved out of our city, and to North Florida, we were able to connect with peers, like other married couples that were in line and valued what we valued about marriage. These were couples that we were able to call on and talk to and express ourselves. And they offered support and encouragement. They came through for us. like, And it really helped support our relationship. It really helped us felt like we were not alone. There were other couples who were fighting and arguing, you know, and and having strong discussions about kids and finances and, you know, all these different things, but they wanted their marriage to work. So when we came to them with our issues and our problems and, you know, please help us, they had the same mindset of, 
We want your marriage to win. We want your marriage to work just like you want your marriage to work. So all the advice and all the support and all the encouragement came through the lens of how do we make your marriage work? What resources can we offer? And even outside of specific marriage things, man, these people brought us resources if we needed jobs, if we had issues with family, like so many other things, kids, they have babysat my kids, like so many other ways they have helped us outside of our own marital, uh, issues. They have been a community. They have nurtured us. They have been in alignment with, with what we want for our relationship. And that is the positive friend. That is the good person that you're looking for. Even if it's a single friend, it doesn't have to be a married couple, but if it's a single person, it's the person who's there for you. Like, let let me give you a quick list. This person is accepting. They're honest. They're dependable. They're respectful. They're not judgmental. They're thoughtful, forgiving. They know how to have fun. They're trustworthy. Ooh, that's a big one. They're trustworthy. So these are just an example of like when you're looking for who do I want around my relationship? Who do I want around me who's going to positively affect me and therefore positively affect my relationship? That is the type of person that you're looking for or that is the type of couple that you're looking for. Now, here's something that I think is very important. Now, in this episode, I'm mainly talking about how friends affect us. But guess what? We also affect friends as well. For those positive relationships, for those good friends, it is so important that you nurture those good relationships. So it's not just them supporting you and encouraging you and being there for you, but it's you doing the same thing for them. The way that they are accepting and non-judgmental and they're trustworthy, be that for them as well, whether they're single or married or, you know, whatever like that, but do the same for them. You want those relationships to grow. Like you're watering a flower, you know, you're going to continue to water it. You're going to continue to put it in the sun because you want it to bloom. So as they are encouraging you and supporting you, supporting you, do the same for them. Another thing that I think is super important, express to them your appreciation and openly acknowledge the impact they have had on your relationship and you as an individual. So the girlfriends that I have now, so I I have like couple friends, um, and now in this season of life, which is so crazy, it's crazy for me, right? Because this is not something that I've done before, but I have a lot of, uh, women friends as well. Now they are married as well, but they are just like my friends as women, not like, because we're like wives and stuff, but they have blessed my soul. They have, unlike those other friends that were keeping me on emotional roller coasters, they have just encouraged me and support me and continue to push me and continue to give me honesty and truth. Like, girl, you need to slow down or girl, keep going or girl, trust God, whatever that thing is. And it it has boosted me like to the point where sometimes I'll meet with somebody and I'll talk to them and I come back home and I feel so refreshed and I feel so much at peace. And I'm like, oh, Jiren, you know, that thing I was had weighing on my shoulder. I already talked to so-and-so about it and it's already handled. Right. And junior can tell that I feel more at peace. He doesn't have to worry about me going and meeting these women because I come back whole. I come back refreshed. So It is so important that with your positive friendships, your good relationships, that you nurture them, that you participate in those relationships. 
so just a quick recap. We talked about uh, community, its definition, why it's important. We talked about you and your spouse getting on the same page and having those conversations and getting aligned with what friendship looks like to you guys and what do you want you know, when it comes to that supportive, encouraging relationships, we talked about different types of friends, right? Positive, negative, married friends, single friends, opposite sex friends, all these type of friends. To finish off this episode, I want to talk about the key to having community and protecting your relationship. So even with good friends, now with good friends, usually there's a Usually there's like an unspoken understanding, right, about boundaries. But even with good friends, it's important to make boundaries clear and known, um, but especially <laughs> with negative friends and toxic friends. Um, you have to decide for yourself if you really want to cut somebody off. If they are draining you, if they are, you know, just not for you in this season, really sit down with yourself and decide like, Maybe this relationship needs to not continue, period. But if you have those friends that, you know, maybe you don't want to cut off, the key to protecting your relationship and having that person still in your life is boundaries. Boundaries protect. They are a way to express to someone what is okay and what is not okay. But this cannot happen until you and your spouse are on the same page. You guys should come together and decide like, hey, what boundaries are we setting for ourselves with our friends? And what boundaries are we setting specifically for our friends? So let me give you some examples of my own. And then I'll give you some other examples that I thought were really good. Um, So for instance, A boundary that my husband and I have set for ourselves in regards to friends is we do not reach out late at night. So not only do we want to respect that person's household, right, but we also want to respect our own. So we don't ever want somebody to feel so comfortable that at midnight, especially if it's not an emergency, that, you know, we're holding a conversation or even like 11, 10 p.m., like pretty much after 9 p.m., we're not texting people like And I'm not talking about family. I'm talking about like friends and we're not texting people because I just feel like it's not appropriate. (laughs) So my boundary don't have to make sense to you guys. Right. But for me and my husband, that's just something like I don't feel like it's appropriate. So we shouldn't be texting our friends late at night, um, especially if they're opposite sex. Um, Speaking of opposite sex, another boundary for my my, uh, husband and I is we don't meet the opposite sex friends alone. So we have a lot of couple friends and our couple friends, of course, it's just like, like I'm friends with a girl, he's friend with the guy, but we're also kind of all friends. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But so if the husband needs something or whatever, I would not go and meet him or, you know, do something for him or whatever. I would send junior and I'll be like, Hey junior, you know, our friend needs this and this and this. Can you help him with it? Right. It is just one of those boundaries that we're setting to protect our relationship or to protect anything, right? It's not that there's even a hint of any of that stuff, but it's just preventative. So it works for us. Another boundary we set is we do not bash each other in front of our friends. This is so important. I think sometimes it is just culturally acceptable to bash your spouse in front of your friends. And let me tell you something, it only looks bad on you. 
Another thing is we check in with one another and give updates about our friendships and our community, right? So if I have a friend that maybe I'm not too sure about, or like, I feel like they keep making comments about that. We talk to each other about it and we're like, Hey, what do you think about this? Like, do you think this is positive? Do you think this is good? Like, what, how do you think I should like move around this? And he might say like, Ooh, that sounds bad. Maybe you should set strong boundaries or maybe you should like, Oh, like, don't worry about it. It's not too big of a deal, but it's good to get feedback about the people that I'm surrounding myself with from my husband. So those are some of the examples that of the boundaries that we set um, for one another. And I think we have many more, um, but those are the ones that really stuck out to me. Let me give you a few more examples of boundaries. Here's a boundary. Don't share secrets. If your spouse has something going on. They're not comfortable sharing with it. Don't go to your girlfriend or your, or your guy friend and be like, oh yeah, this is what's going on. It betrays your spouse and it decreases the trust in your spouse right? So you don't want to do that. Stay appropriate. We talked about inappropriate conversations. You and your spouse need to get together and discuss what's appropriate. My husband and I, we are definitely more vulnerable. We are definitely more open. We are definitely more transparent, but we know the line. My husband knows what he can share about me and I know what I can share about him. And there is a very, very defined line where, Hey, after this, please don't say nothing about me. (laughs) Okay. Another boundary that they mentioned is prioritizing your relationship. Ultimately, I think it's just expressing to friends, especially single friends who may not fully grasp or understand, you know, the new dynamic of you being in a relationship. Um, It's just kind of expressing to them lovingly and kindly and gently that your relationship takes precedent, you know, and it's not that I'm abandoning you, but there just has to be a new way for us to be friends with boundaries, right? As I mentioned before, boundaries aren't just a way to um, protect. They're, they're also a way to tell people what's okay. So if you have to lay a boundary, you have to have that conversation with your friend, like, listen, friend, I know we usually talk about, like when I was single, we usually talk about sexcapades and we talked about, you know, who I kissed and all that stuff. But in this context, I don't feel like it's appropriate that we talk about this, right? If you have to set those boundaries, but also be sure to tell your friend what is okay, right? So it's just like, hey, sis, or every Saturday at uh, 11 a.m., let's do brunch, you know, that's okay. Or like, Hey, come over, like invite them into your life, invite them into your space to see, you know, this new dynamic, like, Oh, let's, let's do lunch together. Right. Maybe on your own or with your spouse, but don't make it so like, Ooh, everything is changing. I'm shutting you out. I'm changing this. I'm changing that. Like, Hey, I am changing all these things, but also here's our new opportunities to nurture our relationship. So that's why boundaries are super important for any type of friendship that you have. To end, I would like to leave you all with a quote by Batalstar Gracian. He says, true friendship multiplies the good in life and divides its evils. Strive to have friends for life without friends is like life on a desert island. To find one real friend in a lifetime is good fortune. To keep him is a blessing. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Black Marriage Therapy. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening. See you again soon.